episode of Ascension to Rocks Let's Talk Motor Trade podcast. Um, delighted to welcome John, the operations John Marshall, the operations director from SW Car Supermarkets over in Peterborough. And uh, hello, John, and Paul, of course, from Sentience. Hello, Paul. Hi, John. Hi, Ali. Hello, hello, hello. Um, well, I think what I'd like to start by uh, saying really is, is that you know, let's see if we can avoid talking about you know the the thing um, and, and and we want to get a bit of positivity going i guess and and really um what we want to talk with today's podcast is all about is talking to you know john getting his views and his thoughts um those of you who who may or may not know of sw car supermarket you know they've got a two um outlets in peterborough one quite new isn't it john i think within the yeah. last 12 months or so isn't it um yeah, I've seen, we opened, I, I we opened the second it one in July. Yeah, it's a, I have seen it myself. Lovely building, isn't it? Really nice. Um, Big old place. Yeah, yeah, lo- yeah. but it looks good. Looks good. Yeah. And, um, nice place to buy a car, isn't it? You know, you've got uh, really great facilities there and everything you want, really. So, uh, you know, for those of you who don't, head over to their website and have a, and have a, and have a look, I'm sure. But... Um, I think we're currently showing uh, the largest stock holding of German and luxury cars in certainly within 100 miles of us. Oh, yeah. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. So with that in mind, um, what we want to talk about today is, is that it's rumoured, or more so than rumoured, that you know, dealers will be uh, hopefully subject to a, a number of things being met. Uh, allowed to reopen again fully, or well, whatever fully looks like, of course, uh, on the 1st of June or thereabouts. And at the moment, um, there's an element of business still around. Um, many dealers are shut completely. Some are partially open with their workshops. Some are fully open for you know, click and collect, click and deliver, of course, in line with the government guidelines. Um, John, tell us, uh, you know, over at SW, you guys are... Still open, obviously, to take orders yep. and deliver, but, but your sales teams, of course, and things aren't in, are they? Well, basically, we, we took the, the tack that the sales staff and many of the admin and, and pretty, much all, pretty much all of the non-core management team have been furloughed. Obviously, we've got a huge workshop um, going on here, so we had no reason to, to shut the workshop. The workshops continued throughout the period. We have multiple contracts in terms of servicing and supplying, and we've, we've been able to supply and you know, keep key workers on the road. A number of times people have phoned up in a sort of a blind panic, and thankfully we've been able to, to keep them running, and, and you know, whether it, whether it be servicing repairs or you know, whatever it might be, tyres. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've had that going, um, and myself and uh, two other me- members of the management team um, have been in. Uh, it's, it's it's been a challenge. Um, we've kind of had m- many hats to wear each yeah, uh, during this period, and it's um, you kind of um, you kind of remember the various things you picked up over the years and, and try and sort of apply a little bit of common sense. Um, when we were sort of okay to um, facilitate key workers supplying vehicles and stuff like that, you'd be surprised how many people have been coming to us. You know key workers in, in various industries and it's, you know, the, the people who keep the, the country running have got to keep running themselves. So we, we've had to uh, rapidly adapt um, the business model and rapidly adapt the web presence to reflect what we can and we get, you know, we, we obviously had the banner going up, COVID closed, etc. Yeah. Then we implemented um, a few changes that we've been looking at um, previously to this, but we this was sort of kind of the tipping point, if you will, that had forced us into it, like the, the online deposits, the, you know, rather late, the click and collect, only a couple of days ago. Um, well, we kind of had to roll, roll with it in, in terms of how, how we do it. There's been a large order take. Um, lots of people are, are waiting for, you know, hopefully, as you said, probably June the 1st, to come and collect their new cars. But with the same token, we've been delivering vehicles um, in a sanitised fashion, we've got a, a, a touch-free, totally sanitised um, vehicle delivery system. 
So we use products, well, we use multiple products, but the main one we use is a product called Stazon, which is antimicrobial, antibacterial. Um, obviously now in the last sort of uh, week or so, hopefully in readiness for opening, we, we put loads of PPE, PPE up in the um, showroom, mm -hmm. sanitizers at every door and just all over the place. Uh, it's, we've, we've spent a decent amount of money on it for the right reasons. We've already had it in the workshop, so now we've brought that out into the showroom. And it, oh. it, you know, it's retraining the staff, making sure they maintain social distancing, making sure that we do the job right, protecting ourselves and, you know, we've all got young families and protecting our employees. Um, and just trying to apply a big dollop of common sense to it. Well, that's, that's just the thing, isn't it? The, 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 the big dollop of common sense that, you know, there have been all sorts of, I don't know, confusion, I guess, people have said. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as being confusing at all. Um, no, likewise. You know, it's, it's be safe, be sensible, stay alert, the message at the moment. Everyone's yeah. sort of crying out saying, what does that even mean? Well, it means stay alert, doesn't it? You know, what it means is, is that here's the rules and regulations. Here's what we need you to do to, to keep everybody as safe as possible. If you can stick to those, you can go to work, you can yeah. buy stuff, you know, you can go to the beach, you know, you can, you can start to do things. Certain things won't be open, naturally, but, you know, a business that, as you say, adapts and evolves with that to make it as easy as possible to do business with them, then the government are happy, aren't they? You know, the, yeah. the government will be happy that you've got all the measures that you said in place. Um, and hopefully we'll see, you know, we're talking about, you know, by appointment only or, or click an appointment, you know, yeah. uh, contactless test drives, things like that, which is a little bit of an evolution. But realistically, John, I mean, you know, obviously you've been in the motor industry as we have for, you know, a reasonable period of time. And the whole kind of you know, book an appointment first, isn't that new, is it? It's a little bit of a play on words, but... In any controlled selling environment, that's kind of what we lust after as the holy grail anyway. You don't want... Absolutely, absolutely. Just wandering in to walk off their Sunday lunch. What you want is people coming in, generally with an idea of what they want, maybe one stroke, two cars. Currently, you know, there, there's, there's restrictions in place, but... In ordinary circumstances, I think this is why it's not hurt us as much as it may have hurt other dealers. We, we've got quite a controlled um, selling experience. It, the, the customer journey nowadays begins on the sofa, as we all know, with a cup of tea and their mobile phone, looking at auto trader. Evolves into a whittling down. They know roughly what they want when they, when they approach us. They may even know the exact car. Most times they do these days. If that car's available, fantastic. We then take a deposit and we, we establish what that customer does. If they're a key worker, fantastic. We can, you know, we can get them into the car very quickly. If they're not, then we have to um, advise them of that and they kind of um, have to go down the delivery route or they hold on until it's lifted and they can collect then. So there's, there's various methods. Um, it, it's just a question of applying a bit of common sense, methodology, Keep, keep managing people's expectations. That's it. So um, it's that inquiry management piece, isn't it? It's that, it's that if you've got a robust process around inquiry management, yeah. i.e. people know what they can say, what they can and can't say to a customer, um, moving that in towards what's relevant for them, as you quite rightly point out, whether that is a delivery, a collection or whatever, and then to a sale. So it's, it is a quintessential sales process with bells yeah. on um, and then if you think about, you know, I'm hearing a lot of this, you know, we're going to move to a by appointment only uh, uh, model. Well, um, and I wouldn't disagree with it. The point is, is that in 1996, um, I first uh, was started as a sales exec, a trainee salesperson for a little independent Vauxhall dealer. And so what's that, 24 years ago? And I was told very early on, I mean, we didn't have the internet uh, as such then, you know, there was no cars online. It was all, uh, you know, in the local newspaper, yep. update the advert every Friday. Yep. I remember it well. You know, exchange and mark, little bit of this, bit of that, you know, get it in the, uh, uh, the publications. But realistically, it was your local newspaper. They'd, they'd yep. ring up and say, right, what you sold this week? Take this out, take that out. We've had this come yep. in, our steering on it. It's got yep. <laughs> and all that. That's it. So, so, you know, that was my job, kind of do that. Now, I remember then very clearly that my boss, 
uh, my sales manager, and, and I don't know if we had a sales process per se, you know, we had a manual mm. diary. Um, yeah, probably good, good manners or something of that nature. That's it, that was. Someone yeah. to talk to, ours was called. Mm. Um, someone to talk to, Vauxhall gave us it, I think it was called. Anyhow, I mean, you only, I only put people in there that I thought were going to turn into a deal because I want my... Standard. <laughs> Don't want to ruin your conversion rates, do you, as a young I, salesman? I, I preach, record all inquiries now because it is more important because the omni-channel way of it. But in those days, yeah. if you didn't phone up, you weren't worth talking to. No, no. Anyway, yeah. um, you were walk-ins. It was, it? Phone up, walk-in. So anyhow, when people phoned up, I had one job, right, was to turn that into an appointment. Yeah, that's right. Get the customer details and get them to come and visit at a certain time. Whenever it was convenient to the customer, but come and look at the car on a certain time so I could make sure it had fuel in, it was angled up nice, it was smelling nice, it was in the best possible shape so I could give the customer a really good experience, hopefully sell the car and then arrange whether they'd like to collect it at another time or I delivered it to their house. Yeah. Now, that was 1996, 19-year-old me, um, and uh, doing that. Now, so my, my responsibility was to answer the phone, get the leads, get an appointment, and then either the customer picked it up or I delivered it. So it's not click, but it was sort of, you know, press the buttons and deliver. I, so, I don't think too much has changed. Well, exactly. My point is, is that if you were good at inquiry management, if you were good at gaining a commitment from the customer, getting an appointment, a proper appointment, given a great customer experience, at the time is obviously the customer experience now has changed. Yeah. What they expect, particularly after the you-know-what. So we're going to have to make sure that we have all the measures you mentioned in place for that safe, trust-building experience. But reality is the customer then has a choice of whether they'd like to collect it or you deliver it to their house. It's fairly straightforward. So do you think then, put it on the spot slightly, John, but what do you see the future? When I say the future, probably the next, I don't know, six to 12 months for the motor industry, particularly, obviously, the independent used car sector. Um, what do you see once we've got out, say, say for example, we get out the first sort of two or three months of, of, of this, you know, we're open and hopefully there's not a second peak and things return to some form and all. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? What, where do you see it going? Well, from, from what we've seen the last couple of months, the, the appetite for used cars has, has not decreased at all. Um, I think the, the appetite is there. Certainly the stock that we hold, the, the sort of anything from a year old up to probably five, six, seven years old, um, the prestige aspirational cars, they've been um, in demand um, greatly um, over the last couple of, couple of months. Okay. Um, and I don't think that's going to cease. I think, what, what I, I think what's going to happen is the business model will change slightly, adapt slightly, but not drastically. Uh, we were very much an appointment-led business anyway. We'd have 15, 20 people come in on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning. Uh, sorry, I've got my crazy sales manager messing about in the background. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so so we, we, we would have the, the appointment-led and then you'd kind of treat um, any walk-in business as, as, as a bonus, really. Yeah. And I think what's happened is, I think this has kind of given people a wake-up call to um, be a bit more business-minded. I think people in general, I mean, even in just something as innocuous as driving on the road, people seem to be a little bit more polite. This has given the opportunity to exercise a bit of old-fashioned good manners. People are keeping their distances. People socially, I think, are acting a little bit more responsibly. Um, you know, there's not large groups of people swarming about here, there and everywhere. So I think in terms of... Um, how people perceive each other and how people treat each other. We, we're very, we're very straight talking um, in this industry. We like to, we like to play it with a straight path. So if we, if we need, if when we go, when we take an order, what I always say to people is, look, I'm going to go around this vehicle with a critical eye. So I'm going to go around it for you as I'm buying it. And then if I think, if I see some marks, or if I see a scuff and an alloy, or if I see a, a sizable stone chip or something, I'm going to take a photograph of that. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. And then there's no hiding anything. There's, there's no, people are not expecting a six-year-old BMW with 80,000 miles to turn up looking like a new pin. They're, they're going to know there's a couple of age-related marks. And I would expect that that works both ways. And I've, I've been saying to people, look, it's, it, it has to work. The world works on trust. This has to work on trust. So if I'm 
honest with you about our vehicle. You need to be honest with me about your vehicle. I don't want to send my delivery people to, to, I don't want to send my delivery people to back end to beyond 200 miles away only to discover that the car I'm picking up doesn't have a third gear or, or something of that nature. So it's, it's a good it's, thing, isn't it? Like you said about... I'll say, say that as, as a very positive thing. And, and thus far, that approach has served us quite well during this period. And I think it's that, that sort of steadiness, the, on, the, the honesty, the directness, and the non-salesy. Non, non you know, people don't want all the flowering up and the over-promising and under-delivering. Under be straight with people. If it's not going to be ready for a fortnight, tell them it's a fortnight. If it's... See, that's know, a point, though, John, that you make there, that that is um, hugely relevant, in our opinion. When we work with businesses or, or with their management team or, or sales team, and particularly around sales process, and, and it's very much a case of, you know, utilising technology yeah. to, to, to be transparent. I mean, you know, I didn't have that when I was selling cars. I couldn't send somebody a picture off on the phone or a little video own chip or something you know if i could have done my god wouldn't i have done you know oh, yeah, i would definitely. love to have done video walk rounds of a car because i it, as a salesperson i would have seen that as an opportunity to refine the lead you know yeah, easy. you know I, I could i could send them a video i could say look you know it's a lovely lovely car but it has done fifty three thousand miles here's some of the things you might want to look at before you get get here if you know because of course it, it would avoid the need for salesiness, wouldn't it? When you're trying to talk people out of it, you know, when, when they do arrive and say, oh, it's got this and that on it, you didn't say this or that. So it causes yeah. a problem, doesn't it? So I think if you utilise the technology available to refine the sales process, um, everyone wins, don't they? The dealership wins because they're not, as you say, driving out of a far and all the red customer wins. Um, but I guess the other thing I'd, uh, you, you talked about uh, very briefly early is, is your online offering now you know we spoke just off off camera if you like just about some of the you know uh, uh, successes but, but particularly about you know you know your all take you know through your website has been strong yeah um, which given the circumstance I think is you know hugely credible and well done to you and the team there but but Tell us a little bit about, you know, that, that web. What have you, you said you sort of adjusted your website and you've kind of, what's, how have you got, I guess the question really is, what have you changed or what did you well, focus on to generate a bit of a better result? Well, I mean, if you look at certain of the, the larger dealer groups and certainly some of the, the larger independents, um, obviously we needed to inform the public that um, when uh, Boris put us on lockdown, there was no longer a visitation to the to the showroom, so we put the COVID you know banner across the top. Showrooms are shut. You know any email inquiries and or um, uh, call centre people working remotely can can take a. And it's a, it's managing people's expectations. If someone's waiting for I don't know a parcel shelf or something to come into the parts department, there's no one in the parts department. Send us an email. We'll we'll, we'll try and you know we'll try and have a site operative or site security or somebody check to see if something's seen. But it's managing people's expectations. People, and people aren't going to get dealt with. This is at the initial stages. Um, we saw an initial drop a week, the week after lockdown. Very, very few, very, very few inquiries. Um, but yet the week after that, it started to drip through. And the week after that, steady increase. And then a spike in the third and fourth, fifth and so on. So we, we've been um, adapting the website as we've gone on. We've been talking to Laura and Stuart and myself and Anton. Um, we've both been having input in. We've, we've put the you know stronger together thing in. So saying we can work with the key workers, we will prioritise you. Okay. Um, it's sort of a bit of an education piece there, isn't it? You know, in terms of yeah, I don't know, reassurance when you get on the website. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we wanted uh, we wanted to. Obviously, if someone's still looking at a vehicle, we want to make sure that yes, yes, we are still open. We're working with the restrictions. We're, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not backstreet garage. We're a large organisation with with lots and lots of employees who have got families who rely on us for their mortgages. So we have a responsibility um, to ourselves, to our employees, and to our customers. So we need them to be aware that we're open for business in the best and safest fashion that we can be. That we're taking the correct precautions. In terms of if someone's bringing a vehicle in for a service, 
the vehicle remains in the in the car park. Um, somebody in the su suitable protective gear goes and disinfects the vehicle um, with the, the stays on. Then the vehicle's taken round round to the service bay, and then it's dealt with. And the same is done before the customer collects the vehicle. So, so that's on your website. That that's yeah. We're we, we're telling people about the stays on thing. Right. That so what about the transactional nature of the website then, John? Did you make any changes? To, yes, you know, and, and I don't know this. Obviously, this isn't the yeah. loan. I don't know. But did you know? You mentioned that you've had some relative success around an increase in inquiries um, yeah. and you know a, an incredible performance. Obviously, not where you'd like it to be. Same for the rest no. of the kingdom in the world, probably. But but you've had a credible performance on order take, facilitated by your website. But, but surely your website is not the same as it was before the lockdown, is it? No, no. We've we, we put a couple of features on there. Uh, we've, we've put the, um, the reserve facility so you can physically go on and reserve the vehicle on site. That's linked to the back end of the website so the, the vehicle, the customer can see that the vehicle is instantly reserved. So that, that gives some people some, some sort of... Does that require any deposit taken? Yep, yep. we, we yep. take a 200, um, fully refundable. Um, so you know, we're, and you can we're, take that deposit on the website. It's yep. e-commerce. Customer so, customer can do that. so, and again, I'm not expecting you to share any numbers, but by adding that reserve feature that wasn't there before, mm. the ability for somebody to leave a two hundred pounds, see that the car's reserved, them, and then obviously they can make their mind up whether they want to collect it, deliver it, whatever. But the the reserve feature, you know, can you? You, you'll obviously see a, du a yeah. directly attributable amount of people who have obviously done that that probably wouldn't have done. So yeah. is it fair to say that without doing that, you probably would have lost some business? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we definitely gain business through it. I mean, I, I can only look at it as a percentage of the current order take. So yeah. if I upscale the current order take to a normal order take, I'd say working out, that's probably per 15% there or thereabouts what, on, it, order, what, on order take overall. Then. I mean, that's... To add a feature to the website, 15% of your revenue, that's you know, reasonable, isn't it? I think it's that, again, it comes down to the trust element. It's fully refundable. Somebody sees a vehicle, they want the vehicle, but these are uncertain times. Can they get to us in a couple of days? Can they get to us, you know, can we get to them in whatever time period? They, we don't know their situation. They may have just had a car written off. So it gives them the, the, the sense of security that they can reserve that vehicle then then they can speak with somebody, then we can talk through the process. But because obviously dealers, some dealers don't have workshops and the rest of it, some dealers have just been flat out closed. So we, we've managed to, to facilitate people's um, needs um, whilst maintaining um, a flow of business to, to our needs, which is a continuance of the, of the business. So with the, with, the, with the reserve feature, do you have, have you completed any transactions entirely online? No, we're we're looking at that at the moment, but there's a couple of there's a couple of platforms that we've we've been talking to prior to, um, but at the most for the most period we're doing bank transfers um, such forth at the moment. That seems to be the, the current weapon of choice, and that's fine. You know, again, these these, these things um, they're quick, they're easy. Everyone can do. It. You know, we can do it from a telephone nowadays with do you the see, apps. Do you see the, do you see any? you know, further sort of development on that then in terms of a fully transactional website? In other words, you know, an online where you just buy the car, finance it, you know, and all that. The, yeah, I mean, we, we, we currently have got the iVendi platform, so someone can go on, quickly check where they're going to be. Um, everything can be done by email, in the, in, and as much as the documents can be sent out, you know, they can do the e-sign the, the, the e on their phones with various various lenders. Okay, so you've got facilities so, there, yeah. Yeah, every, you know, we, it, we, we can literally do door to door. So, so, so um, Paul, I know you've got a question to say, but while it's on the top of my mind, um, <clears throat> so let's far, you know, fast forward a few months. Do you see, John, you know, uh, and none of us got crystal ball, but, you know, from your opinion only, do you feel that um, more people will prefer to, um, leave deposits online, you know, and, and all transact online, or do you see it returning to some form of, you know, yesteryear? No, I think, I think everything, you know, if, if, if you cast your mind back, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 10, 10 years, you want a pair of trainers, you go to a sports shop, okay? Now, you know what size feet you got, you know what style of trainers you want, 
you go online, there's multiple retailers. They're all going to say, click, click, click. They're, they're, they're reasonably well known and, you know, there's review sites to review people, all the rest of it. Click, click, box turns up, fantastic, new trainers. So that, and I know I'm kind of being a bit glib about it and cars historically have always been a bit more emotive than inanimate things, but it's the same principle, you know, and if you're selling a quality product and you're doing the prep right, um, and you've got a, a decent, yeah. you know, you've got, that's the key. You've got to get the things right. Um, and if you get the process right and you've got the right people in place and you're doing the job right with a clean heart, why on earth, why on earth not? I think that the prep cars don't get good reviews, do they? Of course they don't. You know, we sell used items. You're not going to get it right every time, but it's not the fact that you don't get it right every time. It's how you deal with the customer if you don't get it right and if you operate with a clean heart and you look after people and you hold your hands up and say look this one went wrong but we've dealt with it thank you for your patience patience you're not going to have any issues but i think in answer to your question the 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 online transactional thing i think is here to stay it's habit formed over the past period mm -hmm. um and i think the the online sort of door-to-door -door thing is going to be a lasting point of the, the motor trade as we go forward. I think the model uh, the model we knew before is still valid, but it's going to change. It's not going to you're not going to have the the traditional sort of salespeople just floating around, um, you know, no. outside the back the front doors or the back doors. Of the business, the and then being, I think it's a much more proactive thing. It's going to be less of a reactive business. Yeah. So do you think then that? You know, there's a little bit of a threat there to the traditional sales executive role, in as much as that, you know, our dealer's going to need as many. That's a very valid question, and um, I don't know is the answer. You're always going to need an element of human interaction. Absolutely, you are. Um, you are going to need that, and you know, you've got to be able to eyeball people and have a have a certain certain reaction, um, an interaction with people. Are we going to need as many? Uh, depends on business levels. Uh, is their role going to change? Almost certainly, um, almost certainly. The process, the process, the process is going to have to change. Um, yeah, have to adapt. It's going to be much. My belief is that it's going to be much more appointment-led. Um, the the listen, the people by people. That's always going to be the case. So people like to deal with a human being. So you're still going to get your Just people wanting to come in. You know. Can't press the flesh at the minute, but you know, come in and do the Wuhan thing with your elbow or whatever you're going to do. Um, but people still going to need people in the business. Um, but the people in the business are going to have to adapt to the the way that the market has moved, and the market is moving to much to, more towards digital. Yeah, the retail element of that retail experience, as opposed to a dealer experience, is something we speak a lot about with clients. Is that how do you perceive yourself? Are you a car dealer? Or are you a car retailer? Yeah, retailers behave differently, don't they? And and as yeah. you said, they more they more you know can we get sales executives to facilitate a sale more so than you know it's that kind of if the bulk of the journey's been done online. Yes, exactly. Their their role is gonna and what that I, mean, I bang on about it all the time. The role of the sales manager has never been more important because if he or she can motivate a team of salespeople through the right processes to not only handle the inquiry, measure the inquiry, but turn it into an appointment, turn it into a sale. Yeah. With, yeah. with the tweaks that are required, because those, I, I believe, you know, and, and evidence-based, I guess, is those that are, are gonna are, have already, before, before the, the situation, we're still having that traditional, you know, get the sales team together once every day or two in a meeting, have a, have a shout at them, uh, sell some cars, sell some cars, sell some cars, without any sight of conversion rate, how many appointments are required, how many people have phoned, emailed, walked in. Yeah. You know, if you sold 500 cars in the month, fabulous, but what if that was off 10,000 inquiries? You know, it's not fabulous. Exactly. If you sold 500 no, cars fabulous. off 700 inquiries, you know, yeah. then we, so yeah. it's, it's having sight of that whole holistic business view. Car dealers that do that, are more successful and as you say um i think there's going to be some some significant changes over the next three to six months particularly six months when it all starts to bite and some of the cash yeah. now is you know I, I i just don't see the marketplace uh having space for people that don't 
offer there, there's an experience. No, there, there's no room for the blaggers in this business. Um, there hasn't been for a number of years. So where, where we're at as a business, we're all about the efficiencies. Um, like you say, I, it, it, it doesn't bode well. Uh, you know, we were joking about it when we were younger salesmen. Listen, everybody did it. You'd only put your hot prospects in and, you know, we yeah, listen, we've all, we've all played that game. You know? But, you know, we're, now when you kind of, uh, maybe a rung or two up the ladder, you kind of you kind of look back and think, well, okay, maybe if I had put all of those people on, oh, and no, I'd, I'd sold loads more cars, I'd have sold loads more cars. So, but these things, you know, you live and you learn. Um, but we're all about the efficiencies, and quite rightly, you say there's no. Listen, we can all run about being headless chickens. It serves no purpose. You know, pick up a piece of paper, walk about with it, and, and you can keep yourself occupied all day without actually doing anything. I don't know what he's talking about, Paul. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I used to have two you know, pieces of paper, so I looked even busier. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Folder under your arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It used to be a mild dealer principal. I've been listening to this Gary Robinson, absolutely brilliant, brilliant dealer principal. He taught me so much. Lo lovely fella. And um, uh, I remember when he came in, he had an Amiga Elite um, at three litre V6 with an. Yeah. Hit on it in star silver. They were a beast in their day. Thirty-two grand's worth at the time. Now, yeah. A bit of kick. Well, Gary used to park right side the front door, as was his right. Yeah. And we pull in now. Of course, we had we had three sites, so it was you know you had a potluck whether Gary was going to rock up that day. Mm. So you know we'd be in the showroom, sodding about. Uh, you know, like you do, okay, 19, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I was trying to do my best, but reality was, was that, you know, I'd rather have played for Arsenal, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, so just lolloping about. And, of course, the Amiga pulls in, and you just saw a scramble for the appraisal pads. That's it. <laughs> Look, busy, Gary's here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> everybody, run, everybody running around like Edward's chicken trying to avoid the <laughs> DP. Have the phone to your ear like that, just go, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, bye. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to plug my PC in. Wait a second. Oh, you've got to laugh, though, haven't you? I mean, anybody that says that those days didn't exist aren't telling the truth. You know, we... Yeah, we, more innocent times. They were more innocent times. And, I mean, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say, but, you know, I, I remember just, you know, in today's marketplace... The sales manager, a good sales manager, can can with the right processes can can get a great result out of what you know without needing that much of a you know a highly efficient sales team. You know, mm. because because the right processes and the right way you're looking down the right channels, you run the business properly, you get the result. But you know, back in the days where there wasn't any of that, of course, you know, I, I was managed to a degree, but you know, we'd have we'd have company car drivers. You know, I don't mm. know anybody else, but you know, for me, that you would never be able to sell a car. So, you know, they had a list. There's, there's a pen that the sells some cars. They, so they would have a big list of cars, and on there would be a Vectra, you know? Hmm. And um, you just, you just, you learn to look, you know, I think you've got a list. So, um, I, you know, all of a sudden have an urgent need to visit the parts department um, or something like that. Uh, now, you think of that in today's world, is that the, the reality is, is that if you've got a work, such, such, such small minded thinking, isn't it? If you, if you get the, if they do buy the car from somebody else, but you do have, obviously, the car return for service, they might have a husband or a wife that buys cars, sons and daughters that buy cars, you give them a great experience, others buy cars. But you yeah. didn't think like that then because we didn't no. think about no. the process of buying. We just thought, no. here's some used cars, some new cars, here's my target, hit my target, get paid, go home. And if I can do that with the minimum amount of effort, I will. Yeah. That just there's won't there's so up. many more factors now. There's it won't hold up now. You you you've got the review sites. It, it, we need yep. to we need to make sure that you know we do. I mean, we need from an ethic and a human point of view, and a, as well as a business, we we need to make sure we do the business right anyway, just so we can sleep at night. But oh, absolutely, you know, there, there, there's all the review sites now, and like you say, there's referral business and and referral business and and just. Just making sure that you, you operationally your people are, uh, their head is at the right place. Um, so when somebody walks through the door, we, we largely know if they come here, they come on a specific car, and that's one of the first questions that that you know they're they're asked. How, uh, thank you know this is pre-COVID, obviously, but you know someone walks in, hi, good afternoon, welcome, 
have you come to look at a specific car or have you just come for a general look? Probably seven times out of 10, they'll say, oh, I've seen a blue BMW 120D. Um, it's still available on the website. Can you point me in the direction of it? So people, I always say, look, people don't come out for a haircut. So they come out to, to certainly, and you know, likewise. So you know, they they, they come out, to, they come out for a, a specific task. And if they've brought, you know, the wife and the kids and you know, dad or whoever, then you know, if they if they come well, out, they didn't they, John? They used to because yeah, because there was no other way of researching. So if we had somebody in the showroom, you know, that that you know would ask questions such as, does it come in diesel? Does it come in auto? Yeah. Does it come in blue or silver? Do you do a five door? Yeah. Those are the sorts of questions that we had. The information wasn't about. Correct. You had to go get a brochure uh, yeah. and we'll see a sales executive who hopefully, you know, we were very much coached around product knowledge and yeah. transparency and given a great experience. But, but the reality was we had to know our stuff. You know, you break yeah. from hours, miles per gallon. We had to know all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, now that's all on. Now, customer buyers, when they arrive, that digital journey through, you know, maybe then reserved. I mean, we are just dotting the I's and crossing the T's, aren't we? At this very, point? very much so, very much so. If you, uh, and this is not to demean any sales staff, but in all honesty, if you can't sell cars in this modern environment, then you'll never be able to sell cars because- No, I, I think it's a very fair- 70% of the job is done for you. Uh, people are seeing the vehicle on, online. So as long as the, the photographs are not being doctored, you know, what do you, what do you call it? Filtered to death, which clearly they're not. Then it should be a, it should be an absolute walk in the park, and people just want directness, straightness. That's the deal. You know, you've not driven two and a half hours to tell us that it's expensive, Mr. Customer. You've driven two half an hour, two and a half hours because you think it looks like great value. And you know, it's in any volume-driven environment, you don't get to sell the, the, the volume of vehicles that we and our competitors do by doing the job incorrectly or by pricing the cars too high. Because the simple fact is, nowadays, whether you're going online to buy a new barber jacket to walk the dog in or whether you're going online to buy a new car your first port of call is the internet end of and you go tend to people go for spec and or value if the if the car's got the spec you want and it's decent value you're going to make the inquiry so you you've had you've had success during this difficult period because of your online presence. yes yeah very much so. capabilities around your, your, you know, your website. So you're that, you're that kind of a hybrid business there, aren't you? Where you do have the physical yeah. premises, you do have that in, that in, you know, and I know the business well, you know, you, you have that in dealer experience, you know, it's a beautiful showroom, teas, coffees, great screens up, it looks yeah. fantastic. But you, but it is a hybrid, isn't it? And, and yeah, very much so. You know, but I think the, web, the website reflects that because you can go on, you know, if you're a finance customer, you can go on, you can have a look at the, the finance sliders, easy to use deposit, payments, or the rest of it. You can get accurate rate reflect, reflective quotes. So if you're borrowing 15 grand, you're gonna get a better rate than if you're borrowing five. Well, that's where I think, you know. And then you've got the 360 on, on the photos. So that in terms of, you know, seeing the product, measuring the product, working out affordability, you, they can see what we're up, what we're about, because it's got, you know, some, some reviews and photographs and such forth and awards and bits. Franchise dealers, not not all obviously, many are superb. You know, there are some that, but um, where, where the independent sector, particularly, you know, so you take you take that very, very seriously because of course, that is your singular revenue stream, used cars. Mm. Whereas yeah. when you have new and used, you know, there is that kind That's of right. a bit of a trade off with your focus area. But, you know, when you look at, at that, a, a firm group of that, Transactional. If you think about, you mentioned sliders on the website. Something that's basically sliders on the website, a way in which you can have your inquiry recorded, uh, leave a deposit. If you look at many businesses, they still don't have that. No. And no. You know, they don't have that. They have lovely pictures, libraries, galleries, and stuff on the website. Very informative, but but it, do, it doesn't pick up the customer journey. Doesn't a, a lot of the main dealers? I a lot of the main dealers. I've worked in main dealer. I'm more of a used car animal. I freely admit that. But in my time in sort of franchised environments, what I've kind of picked up is that they're they're too driven by the franchise. The franchise owns too much of them. So I understand you've got to keep the badge above the door. I get that. But with the same token, you've got your franchises that you know. It's the link on the used cars is maybe to I'll pick a I'll pick a brand Volkswagen. You could be a locally owned Volkswagen dealer, 
but then your website will, will lend itself to looking an overview of all UK Volkswagen stock. Now that's great, but if that customer then sees um, uh, an out of area car, you've paid the pay-per-click or however you've got to that inquiry, then that's going, that's going away from your business. Now that that's, doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, you know, it, it, it's, if, if you run the business as a standalone business, then you, you've got to look after you. You've got to try and dominate your local area. So if you're a local, if you're a local franchisee, you want to be the the man to go to or the woman to go to for that particular brand in your area. And that that's what you've got to absolutely own that brand without the brand owning your business, if you will. You you work in collaboration with that brand, but you you know the, the, my my fear and my my sort of knowledge of, of brand uh, of manufacturers is you know they they kind of tell you when what what newspapers to have in your reception what flowers to have in your reception you know you've got to have the right cars and stuff like that i get that but there's an nth there's an nth degree of and i think this is where the independent used car retailers um we're trying to build a brand from a standing start sometimes i mean our particular company's been going 12 13 years but you're sometimes trying to build a brand from a standing start and that's hard work you haven't got the backup of a of a of a a manufacturer brand but, to, but there is a positive though isn't there to that there is yeah, a, it's a great positive you can mold it how you want it yeah there isn't baggage and there's also the opportunity uh, certainly around um i mean paul you know we've used the term called bedroom brokers you know you can start a car business can't you and broker deals just from your bedroom with a laptop yeah you know exactly. because technology's there now if you've got right. a digital offering you thing with when you talk about funding as well you know motor finance is if you're picking that customer up early enough in their journey you know you've got comms going with them early enough your penetration levels you know rise exponentially of course if you're keeping them on that journey if you're only like say the sales process is only picking a customer up when they sort of land yeah you're costing yourselves a fortune it's too late it's too late by the time the customer visits the showroom if they've not interacted with somebody in the or, or something on the website prior to that by the time they come in they've already gone to whoever I mean, you go to Tesco's to buy some eggs, Tesco's are lending money. You go to Admiral to get an insurance quote, Admiral are lending money. Yeah, true. There, there, there's multiple, multiple channels with which you can fund something now. And it's not like they're just doing loans. You know, you go to Money Supermarket, Confused.com, you can get PCPs, you can get everything. You can get everything you get from a dealer. You can get um from either one and that this is it this is even before you go to the car finance 24 sevens and the zutos of this world so trying to capture that customer's interest with a decent rate main dealer offering um early on massively massively important and then they, then transact through there paul i know you sorry you you, you won't say that sorry far away paul um john obviously we've covered off the um changes that you've made to the website to make it more easy in terms of flow of customers and, and you know them doing a lot more on the website and then obviously with people coming into your site um or just the fact that they have to inquire and, and, and discuss a certain car or a certain product do you think that there'll be a better conversion rate for those sorts of people that you know that, that you do deal with now versus before yeah i think there are, i think there will to be honest with you i think the people who are coming out Boris, in his wisdom, lets us open the doors in a controlled fashion from the 1st of June. Let, I think the people who are coming out are coming out for a reason. Um, we um, will be encouraging people not to come out mob-handed. Um, we, we don't want um, the, 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 you know, the, the, the three, four kids with the parents turning up. I don't think that's, I don't think that's um, socially um, responsible for us. I don't. I don't think that that's what, that's not where we're about at the minute. You know, if we've got key workers um, coming and, and picking up at the minute, we're saying to people, "Look, you know, just just can you just turn up on your own? If you have to get someone to drop you here, then great. But you know, don't don't come up handed. It's it's not what we're about at the moment. And I think people use a bit of common sense. You know, or need to use a bit of common sense. It's going to be a much more controlled environment. You know that's just life at the moment but i think you know it, it's a learning curve and everybody will come through it yeah I, I think you're right and 
you know, Paul, you mentioned their conversion rates. I think it's might be starting the opposite slightly, but it's a point that is, I think, overlooked at the moment by a lot of dealers is that, you know, these online leads, however you want to call them, you know, whether it be a website inquiry, social media inquiry, you know, Facebook, whatever, however that's inquired, is that I think they need to be taken a wee bit more seriously now, don't they? Then perhaps, just being a little bit naughty, but perhaps they were in the past because, as you quite rightly, both of you said, that, that you know, the conversion rates now are higher yeah. for those. So, yeah. and it's been those people really is you need to treat them yeah. in the it's, right it's, way. It, it's the norm. People are advertising on the Facebooks, the the LinkedIn's, the you know the social various social media platforms. And certainly, and, and even this, I don't even think it's a generational thing. I mean, I'm 50. I'm, I'm you know, I like to think I'm relatively up to date, but I know, I know guys older than me, and my mum, for instance, who's 74, um, she, she um, texted me a, a snapshot of a picture of something that she'd seen on a platform for another dealer, oddly enough. Can you find me something like this? She's 74, so she sat there scrolling through this, that, and the other. Um, it's the norm for people to see efforts of things they desire on the various social media platforms now. And, and that inquiry is as valid as somebody going through AutoTrader. Yeah. Um, it's just a different platform. It's, sim- it's just simply a different platform. Um, and we all, you know, we all look to broaden our um, engagement sort of catch- catchment area, if you will. Um, a range of engagement and we, we should embrace that if someone if someone's come to us from a, a Facebook thing how is that any less valid than uh, an auto trader do you see social media as very much part of your sales strategy John I think from 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 our point of view we're a locally owned and operated company we all live locally um, I've, I've moved up here 12 years ago so I consider myself local now the, the two owners of the company local lads uh, born and raised locally built the business up from zilch to where we are now, stock holding a thick end of 2,000 cars. Um, so we, we, you know, we, we do work in the local community. We, we do some act, we're active in certain local community um, organizations. Um, and we like to, we like to think that, you know, we, we look after the probably 60, 70% of our, of our businesses locally-ish. By local, I mean within probably 30, 40 miles. Yeah. The rest of it is further afield. So you've, you've got to act responsibly in, in your community. And I, I think it's important, uh, certainly from our point of view, as a local independent retailer, we have to be able to conduct ourselves in the appropriate manner. And we, we want to do the job right for, for ourselves and for the local people. And just because, you know, if you bump into somebody and he's, oh, you got your car from there. Yeah, how was it? Oh yeah, it was great. As opposed to, how was it? Oh God, it was awful. Yeah. It's not, we, we, you know, we, we like to do the job right. Social media is a good vehicle for that, isn't it? You know, to be able to get that out there and, and, yeah. and show that. Because that's the trouble, people, in it? You know, the, the error people make with social media a lot of the time is they get all salesy on it, don't they, you know? Can't. It, it's a, you know, it, it, the, we, we, we put things on and, you know, some, some people who share our things are kind enough to put nice comments. You're going to get the odd Wally, you know, who, who, who sort of, oh, you know, I mean, advertising cars online, but that's, it's a, a, a valued platform now, as much as anything else is, for, for advertising vehicles. Yeah. Also gaining interest rather than, it's a link to the website. And then yeah, that's right. That's that part of the vehicle that, we have. We spoke about that, Paul, didn't we? Didn't we? <laughs> we were, I think it was, well, last week or whatever. You've got to see it as, as you've got to look at it in the right way. The mindset has to be, does social media feed your website, which feeds your inquiry into your business? Because that's the journey that we want our clients to work it, it, it's front. It's front of mind. Yeah. We, we want to be, you know, we've got a large curb appeal um, in terms of people drive past. Our premises are new, modern, large. They come in, it's a fun, clearly not in a minute, but they come in, it's a, it's a fun environment to buy to buy the vehicle. The vehicles are, are fantastically presented. Um, and we try and make it an experience. You know, it's an event. Buying a vehicle from us is, is an event, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that they want it. You know, we have people, we have the photographs taken outside with the customers and quite often the customers want a photo taken with a handover specialist and stuff like that. So it's a big thing. Um, and the social media is, is simply an extension of that. It's, it's simply, you know, us being out there a little bit more. Tells your story, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
it's part of the, I think the key takeouts, and thank you ever so much, uh, John, really, we're going to sort of draw it to close in a moment, but really, uh, really interesting that um, when you think of a business with the stockholding of yours and um, you think of a business that has, you know, if, if in terms of impact on being closed, if I may say, John, um, you know, and obviously you're not, you're, you're well staffed, you know, you're not one or two people work there, have you? Um, so the impact could have been severe, mm-hmm. um, you know, as unfortunately it may be being felt elsewhere, um, could have been severe, but because you've adapted, but also because I think that, you know, I haven't spoken to you today, certainly from our experience, is that having that kind of hybrid model around taking social media seriously, taking the customer journey digitally seriously, but without relinquishing the enjoyment of the physical visit. Yeah. Um, seems to have got you over the line. And as we said earlier, you know, you, you, your order take has been, oh, right, look, you know, it's not where you want to be, who's is? But it's still credible. It, it's, it's bloody good, actually. Given well, it, it's a lot better than we expected it to be, myself and yeah, my it's, a lot, it's a lot better yeah. than I would have suggested yeah. it to be. And I, I think, think it's all about being a bit fluid with your business. You've got to be fluid. You've got to be able to roll with it to a degree. How, fl- how, how, how many <laughs> how much of that business do you reckon you'd have written without a social media plan or a decent uh, you know, web offer in those? The question, isn't it? Not as much, I bet. Yeah, we'd have ground to a hole. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we'd, we'd have ground to a hole. So, Paul, anything from you? Um, no, again, John, thank you for coming on. It's been really interesting to hear. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, not really a question, but uh, I was—I think Ali was vying for a job at the start of the uh, podcast when he was telling me how, how good he was. And he nearly got there. My question was going to be, are you going to hire him? But then, obviously, he then mentioned about <laughs> the CRM and him fiddling it. <laughs> so I, that was going to be my last question, but it doesn't matter. He's going to have to keep working with I me. Think if you ask, you know, so I think don't think I could afford him, Paul. Sadly. <laughs> I, I, I think if you ask my old sales manager, um, my, my, my conversion rate, I think, was 110%. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, there you I, go. I think, I, saw, I think I saw 10 people but did 11 deals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember getting a few tellings off from my old dealer principals for doing that. You've got to learn the proper way, I think, and you've got to learn from your mistakes. And, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, now, as you quite rightly say, you know, I, I wonder how many deals I missed out on. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, Likewise. It's a great industry we work in, if you allow it to be. If everyone stops moaning and saying how crap everything is and actually focus on doing their own, like you guys there, focus on your own little corner of the universe, getting the job done right, you can be successful whilst also considering yourselves to be, like I say, that hybrid business. Um, Absolutely delighted. Loved it. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to to spend with us um, chatting about all things. John, um, Paul, again, nice one. Thank you. What? What?